You are listening to AACTE Presents, Preparing and Sustaining School Principals, a podcast designed to shine a light on the unsung heroes of schools and universities, our principals, and the people that make them. As the leading voice in educator preparation, we'll have candid conversations with researchers, faculty, practitioners, and scholars about what makes an effective PK-12 school leader and how to prepare them. In our last episode, we discussed what the Wallace research says when it comes to preparing effective principles. A large part of that discussion focused on the importance of diverse, equity-centered school leadership pipelines. Principal pipelines ensure schools are staffed with collaborative, effective leadership. And unfortunately, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. In 2019, after 84 school districts came together for a principal pipeline learning community, they needed to undergo multiple activities to identify, hire, develop, and support their leaders. And when it came to diverse and equitable pipelines, a variety of approaches needed to be employed as well. The outcomes, including resources, of that learning community can be found in Wallace and Policy Study Associates' report, Planning and Developing Principal Pipelines, Approaches, Opportunities, and Challenges, which is linked in the show notes for those who want to dive deep. For today's episode, however, we are going to discuss pipelines for districts often overlooked by speaking to central office leaders who serve rural and mixed districts and connect their pipeline perspectives and strategies with the research. We spoke with Tracy Guile, Assistant Superintendent of Schools in Pudra School District, about the differing demographics within the district she serves. So overall population of K-12 students is about 28,000 in the overall community. And within that, we have about 48 of our schools that are part of the public Poudre School District. And we have four charters that are chartered by our school district that also serve students in the community. The most impacted school, we have five Title I elementary schools. And the most impacted of those would serve about 90% free and reduced lunch right now, current SES. And then all the way up to our most affluent schools who who might only have 2% free and reduced lunch. So had quite a diverse range of schools in the community. The other unique thing about our community is we have both like a city center schools that feels more like city and suburban. And then we have extremely rural and remote schools. And so our mountain schools are about 45, 50 minutes away from town. And those schools are mostly combo elementaries where they have about 30 kids in each of those schools. And they're pretty, pretty remote in our mountain communities. And with differing demographics comes a diverse set of challenges for a principal leader to manage. If you think about being like a principal of a, of a mountain school that's pretty remote, and those schools have experienced wildfires in recent years, they've also experienced floods, like the tremendous amount of managerial leadership and disaster and social emotional like recovery and mental health recovery after those really life-threatening events that the communities have experienced, like that's a really unique skill set for a principal leader in what they're expecting to do in terms of managing the crisis. So we use an incident command structure where the principal tends to be the incident commander of those different crises to the degree of protecting and ensuring that the school and the school community 
both is safe and also can reliably create an academic learning environment. If you think about a school being closed or removed and limiting access to learning, it's a pretty diverse skill set that our principals need these days. Um, They're expected to be responsible for so much more than instructional leadership. Instructional leadership is still the core foundation of what we're looking for and who we hire as principals. But in terms of the diversity and flexibility in their ability to manage such diverse experiences for families, they are expected to be the hub of a lot of crisis management type of situations that I don't know that I've ever seen before. Principals are vital to school effectiveness, yet principal turnover is high, particularly in under-resourced schools. There's this sort of unique bucket of, I think, strategic leadership that I see emerging as being incredibly important. And the strategic leadership, and what I mean by that is helping to prioritize the principal's time because they're being pulled in so many directions and managing so many different things. The strategies and skills for being able to prioritize what is most important and urgent in the moment. Otherwise, the number of things that potentially could pull a principal in different directions is pretty vast. And then it leaves the principal feeling very frustrated because they don't feel like they're accomplishing anything toward those big important goals centered on the academic growth and learning. How can a school district prevent principal burnout and turnover? Tracy suggests that tapping into potential leaders is the key to long-term success. A really great entry point for continuing to grow and develop leaders is for us to, as a system, recognize and support aspiring admins, so those teachers who want to move from a classroom position into maybe a TOSA role or a coordinator role, and eventually maybe into an assistant principal, dean, or principalship. We started several years ago in the district an aspiring administrator program. And so in that aspiring administrator program, we've had a combined approach of sort of tapping somebody on the shoulder to say, hey, you're a good candidate for this. Like I see leadership potential in you or you've expressed an interest in wanting to grow and continue to expand your professional career. This type of program for aspiring admins has proven to be a success for Tracy's district and offers an opportunity for educators to develop their careers and help support other leaders in their community. For the last three or four years, we've had about 30 to 40 staff members in our district from our licensed staff pool who have wanted to join that aspiring admin group. And many of them are in a principal preparation program at the time that they join, but some are not. And oftentimes that aspiring admin cohort propels them to pursue the actual licensure needed to become a principal. And so it's that combined approach of somebody seeing a leadership potential in you, as well as you self-identifying. And then we create four evening sessions with that cohort where they're coming together and we work with a range of topics that that's where I see our principal preparation programs. 
leaning in and supporting us with those central topics. We're starting to use that aspiring admin pool for is we've never had an administrative sub pool before. And we are just in the early stages of creating an administrator sub pool. You know, one of the things leading to a lot of burnout amongst administrators is they don't feel like they can take a day off and that the building will be safe and covered and all the things will be taken care of. And so we need to, for people to feel like that the building will be taken care of. And that means providing a reliable substitute for them. And some of those aspiring admin can potentially fill into that sub pool program if they're in progress toward their coursework. We do want a more diverse group of principals in our community and the ones who are most likely to matriculate into that principal role are the ones who are already in the seats in our district at some point in place. Principal pipelines help to ensure that schools are staffed with highly effective principals who collaborate successfully with communities, teachers, staff, and students. Effective principals contribute to higher rates of teacher satisfaction, lower turnover, and better quality in student learning, school culture, and climate. I have one principal for pre-K-12. So as you can imagine, she is busy often, wears a lot of hats, and again, principal for pre-K-12. Dan Melendrez is the superintendent of Genoa Hugo Schools in Hugo, Colorado. He has experience working in various roles in both big city and small rural settings. This is the smallest school district I've worked in. So we're roughly right around 240 students, pre-K-12. And so we have a wide gamut in that pre-K-12. I think we have roughly 45 at the high school level. So that's kind of where we're at, 100 and some at the elementary level. And then roughly 50 kids, I think, at the middle school level. The majority of our students are do come from the, kind of the agricultural side of things. Um, also, to the hospital is uh, based in Hugo, the county hospital, as well as Lincoln County um, offices, too. So the county offices are here as well. So we have uh, a little bit of a gamut, but, you know, farming, ranching, um, a lot of agriculture here as well. I roughly have about 42 staff members, 18 teachers is roughly what I have there. We typically have one teacher for each grade level in the elementary, secondary, pretty much the same as well. You're wearing a lot of hats. You don't have an assistant principal. You don't have a dean of students. So you're doing anything from discipline all the way down to chasing little guy around like I was this morning as a superintendent. In an effort to help facilitate local leadership development, district leaders are often tasked with implementing programs that are specifically tailored to the needs and interests of their community. Our jobs as administrators are to make sure that we are hiring and retaining quality teachers. Within that, that means what can we do to get you the necessary credentials to be able to teach those things? So working remotely with a four-year college or a two-year college to get whatever credentials necessary to support them. Sometimes we have classes that we want to teach, but we don't have the curriculum. Well, we got to find ways to get that. You know, sometimes you got to beg, borrow, and steal and work with other schools in our East Central BOCES, which sometimes can be an hour away, two hours away. We are working with a smaller rural district to do some distance learning, right? So we work with our East Central BOCES to make sure we get the VNet system up and running so that they can do distance learning via VNet. 
and we are supporting each other's school district through that. Staffing needs in a rural district are a bit more complex than in an urban district. The smaller roster of staff members often means a greater sense of urgency, multitasking, and tighter resource management. But as Dan points out, working in a rural district can result in a stronger sense of community among colleagues. Community engagement is very, very important because you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) I came from a bigger school district. Some of my best friends live in rural Colorado, eastern Colorado. They said, you would be great for a smaller school district. I said, you're crazy. I said, you're crazy. I'm a city boy. I've always been a city boy. And next thing you know, I landed in a small rural school district east of Greeley. And literally walking into that school, I did not feel like I walked into a school. I felt like I walked into a family. And I've been in rural ever since. You know, and I think there's a lot of things about a rural setting that people don't know what they don't know until they experience it. It's about hiring the most qualified applicant. And there are a lot out there. But again, they don't know what they don't know unless they have the opportunity. As for Tracy, her district offers that same push to future leaders through their principal mentoring cohort, a vital component to sustaining a healthy principal pipeline. The district that I'm in feels unique in that we're able to create our own principal mentoring cohort. It doesn't feel like all districts have the capacity to do that, particularly a smaller district where you've got one or two new principals, that a university program who would be able to create a regional cohort that would support multiple surrounding districts to come together and provide that level of networking and support for a regional group of administrators feels like a nice addition to sustaining that principal pipeline, because not everybody can do what I just described as far as our both aspiring admin cohort or the principal mentoring cohort for our new folks. And so for a university to be able to step in and provide that for a network of schools would be a tremendous support. Pipelines thrive in districts that deconstruct silos through effective communication and collaboration. As Dan suggests, starting a cohort for rural principals can be an effective way to ensure each participant feels supported and equipped to lead. What I would like to see is maybe a cohort of rural principals. How do we recruit rural principals? Because there is something to be said about local talent development, homegrown folks, right? and really finding ways to support those folks who are interested in doing this work. That could be a challenge. You see a job description, but that doesn't mean that that's what the job is. The only reason I am sitting here before you today is because of a rural superintendent cohort of people who said, you can do this work and these people out in rural need you. I've been in rural now, the start of my ninth year. I won't go anyplace else. Tracy also believes that collaboration is a driving force of success. The best innovative ways for being successful as a school and as a school leader comes through the collaboration of building upon one another's thoughts, approaches. Somebody just down the street has probably had the same challenge as you have, and they found a way to innovate and overcome that. And why wouldn't we learn from one another? I mean, oftentimes in the profession we talk about, why do we keep reinventing the wheel? Well, it's because we don't share things with one another. And so we do spend a lot of time and we're less efficient, we're less focused when we are doing things on our own and constantly reinventing the wheel. 
And since the pandemic, Tracy's district has taken their mentorship program to the next level by implementing a structured approach to coaching. Mentorship and retention of principals as like a very intentional strategy is growing, whereas the mentorship in previous years, pre-pandemic, it was very much, here's your person, you know, call them if you need them sort of thing. And depending on that relationship, that may have worked out, but it wasn't very structured and it wasn't very intentional in terms of building both the skill set of the mentor and building the skill set of the mentee. One step that we've taken is to provide some more structure where this year we will build an administrative cohort with all of the new administrators to the district, along with their mentors. They each have a mentor. They will come together once a month for a mentor-mentee facilitated coaching session, specifically around both getting to know one another in a relationship-based format, but also examining and exploring a problem of practice as an entire cohort and supporting that new principal in processing through and coaching that new principal with a problem of practice that they're naming. And again, to build that sense of efficacy and having a supportive network of colleagues who are rooting for you to be successful and overcome that problem of practice, but all are feeding ideas for how to meet that challenge that might be in front of you. There's such a power in having a team around you that helps you to feel successful. It makes the principalship less isolating, which it can very much be. And so having that network and very intentionally building a network as part of both our mentoring and our retention strategy for our principals. Building and expanding that network opens the door to a diverse set of expertise and guidance to lean on. Dan knows firsthand the value of having colleagues with different perspectives in your corner. I'm one of five, I think, in the state of Colorado that's a Hispanic or Latino descent in a superintendency right now. And I know there's a discrepancy too for principals. If you're interested in administration, I think you need to reach out and talk to your administrator. That would be the biggest thing because we want good people. Our kids need good people to be in these roles. You know, the work that we do is very, very hard work, but it's good work. And we need people who are hungry and they want to be amazing for our kids. But through all that too is finding the right opportunities, networking with the right people, getting in the right spots to make all of these things happen. If you meet the right people and you talk to the right people and you start that conversation, it can happen. I wouldn't be sitting here myself if I didn't have those conversations with certain people who are pushing me to say, do this, do this, do this. I will tell you, my only aspiration was to be an assistant principal at one point. And the next thing you know, I was a principal. Now I'm a superintendent. And now I'm working with CSU, teaching principals of supervision evaluation classes, right? It's not all because I just aspired to that, but it's because I love what I do, right? And I want to see people flourish and succeed in our field. However, there are some key challenges that a rural district has to overcome in order to grow and sustain a healthy principal pipeline. Some of the challenges that you get in trying to recruit administrators out here is pay, so significantly lower in rural communities, and also two places to live. It's interesting because you would think, oh yeah, go east and you'll find a place to live in rural. Well, there's not a whole lot of building that is happening in rural. 
metro areas, you see a lot of expansion, a lot of growth in those areas. That is not the case necessarily in rural. And it costs quite a bit of money to do those things here. And as you know, inflation doesn't just happen in the metro areas, it happens also in the rural areas. So it has been a challenge to get qualified administrators out here due to the fact that our nearest university, I would say, is an hour and 40 minutes away. That becomes a challenge to getting principals out here. But even with those challenges, it's important for districts to find solutions and offset the potentially negative impact they can have on leadership growth. Improving principal pipelines can have a positive impact on leader standards, high-quality pre-service preparation, selective hiring and placement of principals, on-the-job support and evaluation, the role of principal supervisors, developing data management systems, and creating systems and capacity to ensure the sustainability of the pipeline. So what are some of the first steps in establishing a healthy principal pipeline? The first thing that we need support from ed programs is we have to get people interested in education. The current culture is around, you know, teacher shortage. You keep hearing about teacher shortage. Well, and the same is true for principal shortage. We have to work together and talk about all the beautiful benefits of becoming an educator. There are so many things that are powerful about this role that is very much a service to the community and looking for people who are in other service areas at the university level or in our private sector right now, those are our group of folks who tend to gravitate toward education are folks who are service-minded. And then to recruit them into the profession as education being a very viable and rewarding profession. Leaders like Tracy and Dan are needed in our school districts to help motivate and inspire the next wave of principals and educators. We're so grateful for their contributions and leadership in their communities and hope that more educators feel empowered to collaborate, learn, and evolve in the next phases of their careers as leaders. Tracy and Dan are valuable members of the educational system who make sure the principal pipeline continues to thrive. Check the show notes for resources from the Wallace Foundation and others that support principal pipeline development. Thanks for listening to AACTE Presents, Preparing and Sustaining School Principles. Special thanks to our guests today. For more information, check us out at aacte.org and follow us on social media at at AACTE.